says Iris was pissed. First of all, this takes place like the setting is like early like World War One ish. I don't know if they were saying the word pissed. Secondly, this is a British setting. The word pissed means drunk in British speak. Pissed means angry in American speak. I was like, that totally took me out of the story. I was like, I don't know why that one little sentence stuck with me, but that pissed me off. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hey guys, welcome to the Novel Universe with your lovely hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. Today we are going to be talking about the TikTok sensation of hypes of all hypes, Divine Arrivals by Rebecca Ross. If you guys are new to our podcast, Don and I love to rate and review books. We do not discuss the books while we are reading them. So this is live. This is unedited. <laughs> um, so you're going to get our truest thoughts on this book. And how we do our podcast is we give you a non-spoiler section, and then we do, in fact, spoil the book, but we will let you know. So if you haven't read it and are desiring to read it, we will let you know so you don't get spoiled. So we hope that you guys enjoy what we have to say. Our next book is going to be A Broken Blade, correct? Mm -hmm. Not The Broken Blade. It's A Broken Blade uh, by Melissa Blair. And that is going to be for next month. But alas, here we go. So Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. When two young rival journalists find love through a magical connection, they must face the depths of hell in a war among gods to seal their fate forever. After centuries of sleep, the gods are warring again. The 18-year-old Iris Winnow just wants to hold her family together. Her mother is suffering from addiction and her brother is missing from the front lines. Her best bet is to win the columnist promotion at the Oath Gazette. To combat her worries, Iris writes a letter to her brother and slips them beneath her wardrobe door where they vanish. Into the hands of the unknown, we are then met with her rival Roman Kit, um, who basically is fighting for the same exact job, but also is anonymously writing back and forth to Iris, and she doesn't know. So, whoop-de-boo-hoo. I'm not going to say any more, because it's just going to, you know, spot Don's laughing right now. Whoop-de-boo-hoo. So, yeah. Let's give it a go. John, what did you rate this book? All right. So I do this thing when I read books, when I am love, love, loving it. And then the ending, when I hate the ending, I like give this immediately review. So I gave it a three and a half. But after thinking about it, it's not a three and a half. It's more like a four. I was upset at the ending, not the ending ending, but like the, the, the last quarter or so. And mm -hmm. it just frustrated me. But I think I'm going to up it to a four. So I, you probably love this book. You probably gave it a big old five. 
Actually, no, I gave it the same rating you did. Oh, oh. I really did. I know. <laughs> I was shocked. like, okay, Don was, I knew she was going to be like, Ash is going to eat this book up. Oh, yeah. There were just a few things where I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, I'm missing it, you know? Because sometimes, like, I don't know, sometimes I read a book at, like, its face value, and that's what I need in that moment. We've mm-hmm. had this discussion before. Yeah. But I think it's because I had to take breaks reading this book, so I wasn't just, like, you know, page turning left and right and not really absorbing information as much as I do when I... I don't know. I feel like when I have to take breaks, I absorb it more and I'm thinking more about it. Whereas, like, if I just read straight through, like, sometimes I miss, like, some of the things, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like, huh, wait a minute. What about that? You know? So, yeah. I did not give it a five. So, I'm sure we will talk about that. Um, But I am surprised that you gave it as high of a rating as you did. I was like, "Mm -mm, this girl's going to be like, Hold up. I uh, seriously, I was like, she's gonna give it a two and a half. I just no, know. I wouldn't give it a two and a half. Okay, okay, good. Well, it's I mean, again, again. I know it's well, it's a big old crapshoot with me. I know. I, just, I know. You just not reliable information. <laughs> oh, but I literally, yeah, I went through. There's just certain things I'm like, oh no, I can't quite. Yeah. Um. So let's jump right into that. What did you not like? What's one of the things you didn't like, Don? All right. So my major, major dislike is that this was way more romance and fantasy. I was so invested in Dekar and Enya. I think it's an Enya, Enva, and whatever. I, I wanted. Know, but Enya's the song that I, I know. Could just... <laughs> I wanted way more of them and way less of the romance. And that is pretty much my only argument with this book. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of nitpicks, but that's the biggest thing. Yep. I think I would have to agree with you. My biggest thing is, like, I, it, I'm missing the world building, so I'm introduced to this whole God thing, right? And on the front cover, it literally says, no God, no creature, no war. Okay? So when you're putting all that out there, I'm like, all right, I've been told about these mythical gods that basically are enlisting human you know, soldiers to their sides. I want more of that. Like, yeah. where is all that? And yeah. I barely, barely got it. And I was so invested in that storyline, though, because it has very, like, Hades Persephone vibes, right? Like, mm-hmm. the whole backstory between them, which we can talk about more later. But I was like, okay, well, where is that, though? Like, why is this only, like, 20% of this book? And... And the, the romance, you know, it, sure, great. But I was so, yeah. <laughs> so invested on wanting more of that. I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more. For sure. Um, and it really would have made this book just like like five stars. Like if yeah. we would have gotten a little bit more of that, instantaneous. And it's five. really funny that you say 20% because in my original TikTok review, I said that it's like 80% romance, 20% fantasy. I said the exact same thing. And... <laughs> And so I totally agree. And if it had just been 50-50, I probably yeah. would have given it a four and a half. But, right. ugh, come on. I know. And I'm just, like, I was yearning for a good fantasy read. And this was not 
fantasy reaping. It was more like historical fiction romance with a little bit of sprinkle of fantasy, a little bit over yeah. here of, you know, magical stuff. I, I'm like, but it's not. I don't know. I was I was waiting for the fantasy mm-hmm. more. And I went into it blind. I didn't know what this book was about at all. I didn't I didn't pre-read it. I didn't no. All I read were those three little statements on the top. That's it. So Yeah, <sighs> yeah that like that's my only dislike. I have a couple nitpicks, but that's my only dislike. Okay, well it's nitpicking time because that's where I was too, girl. Okay, it's nitpicking time. <laughs> okay. What's your first nitpick? The whole, okay, they're supposed to be, like, you know, rivals to lovers, okay? I needed just a little bit more rivalry, just a little bit more. It was, like, I don't know. I wasn't, and it's probably just a me thing, but I just felt like their their romance progressed in a very fast way. Whereas I was like, I only had their rivalry for like a hot second, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh no, but wait, I've been in love with her, like forever, and I was like, is it? Wrong? I don't know, but I liked the rivalry though. I liked the combativeness. I liked her trying to guess what Roman's C stood for in his middle name. I loved <laughs> that because she'd be like, you know, Cranky Kit is here today, or um. What was another one that she said? With like, I don't remember. I read this book in February, guys. <laughs> okay, she would pick in his middle name all the time, and I was like, okay, like that's funny. Them racing to get the next job—that's hilarious. Like, why? Let's have more of this. What do you hate sandwiches today? Sandwiches not your favorite food. Like. The bread's not good enough for you. I mean, just, like, little stuff like that. I think I just wanted a little bit more. Okay. Well, my stuff's a little bit more nitpickier than you. Uh, My first big nitpick is that this is not YA. This is adult. I am a teen librarian. I read a lot of YA. I'm sorry, but war and working at a newspaper does not have teen appeal. This is not YA. (laughs) No teen appeal for you? No. And I was going to comment on the how the romance is very tweeny. And I'm like, I needed more. Really? I did. I needed more. Well, they were like 19, 18, 19. So their romance was very teen. But I'm just talking about like the topic of this book. It's about war. And it's like... I mean, of course, it's it's disguising it as war between gods, but it's not. It's like actual war with soldiers being injured on the yeah. front. Like, teens don't want to read that. That's not fun. That's not fantasy fun. Mm-mm. No, but she still writes the same way Ross does, in my opinion. So I read her whole, like, Queen of the Tearling, Queen Rising, like, all that series. That's not and- her. Not Queen of but she did write Queen Rising. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Another one. And every time I read something by her, I'm always left just wanting, like, like just a touch more with her characters. And I don't know why, 
but it must just be how she writes because it's the same in a lot of her books. Well, um, Queen's Rising is YA, but the, uh, the River Enchanted is not YA. I had to DNF that. I couldn't get through that. And I feel like I've read something else by her that I liked. Sisters of Thornton Song. That came out in 2018 and Dream Limonese. Um, but yeah, anyway, well, yeah. my uh, my next little nitpick about this book is, girl, that correspondent portion was way too freaking long. Way too long. You talking about the second long. half? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that was way too long. Like, way too long i did not like that i did like the the battlement and how like literally i felt like i was sitting in a bunker like with them when they were out like beautiful writing beautiful writing i, I could see myself there but it was so long i'm like how much longer are we gonna be on this front line i'm like i know my goodness, yes this is war people die it's gross like but man, if that's what the book was about, I want them. Now I need the gods. Like now I need them in there. But I didn't get that, so that's why that whole Portia was like. So would fifteen-year-old Ashley be interested in this book in the war part? Oh no! 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 no. Exactly. No. no. The first mm-hmm. half of this book, I was like, "Oh, this book is great." It's at least a four and a half, and then they went to the war, and I was like. Mhm. Mhm. No. I ate this book up the first like section of it. I was like, "This is great." Yeah, I'm here for it. I was uh-huh. sobbing my head off, like, "Oh <laughs> my god!" And then I was like, "Oh, this is great," because if I cry in a book, it's almost yeah. automatically immediately a four and a half five. Right. Mm. <laughs> Who's your next nitpick? I only have one more nitpick. And, okay, so this is one nitpick. Now, I read an arc, so maybe this did not happen. And, and Ashley read an arc, too. Maybe this didn't happen in the finished copy. But towards the end of the book, Iris says, or it doesn't, she doesn't say it because it's third person, thank God. It says, Iris was pissed. First of all, this takes place, like, the setting is, like, early, like, World War One-ish. I don't know if they were saying the word pissed. Secondly, this is a British setting. The word pissed means drunk in British speak. Pissed means angry in American speak. I was like, that totally took me out of the story. I was like, I don't know why that one little sentence stuck with me, but that pissed me off. There were some moments, though, where it was like, is this a contemporary read or is this back in wartime? Yes. And that my other nitpick, like, same exact thing. It was hard to differentiate between, like, am I stuck in, like, you know, 1600s um, time frame? Or is this, like, you know, 1920s? Or is this, like, totally in a different realm that I am not even there? Because there'd be some language where I'm like, wait, what? Wait a minute. Because, like, the letters are so eloquently written, right? Mm -hmm. And you can tell, like, by that helps set the tone, right? Of where we're at, the time frame, all this other stuff, the electricity situation, all of it. But then there'd be time with that, I'm like, whoop, whoop. She was pissed. Really? Yeah. 
And I could tell, like, some of it was intentional, and we'll get into it in the like section because I did like what Ross was trying to do here at some points, but it was the verbiage that would take you out of the story. Not necessarily the setting or the way they dressed. They were using a typewriter. They were not using a computer. Um, it was just sometimes she would say stuff, and I'd be like, that is modern, or that's yeah. not British. That's We say that in America. We don't... They don't say that in England or like I said, I we both read arcs. Maybe that wasn't in the fine in the finished copy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean there were a few typos like in the arcs, so yeah. I wonder if like maybe it was an oopsie. So if you've read the the a finished copy, let us know. Cause we could retract that statement. Yeah. Just that statement. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have any more nitpicks. I mean, like, nope. I've read a few of Ross's books. Like, she writes beautifully, like, mm-hmm. which is great because uh, I'll just say it as my first, as my first life. It's just the writing is beautiful. Yeah. Like, and she does so well with making it to where, like, you just feel like you are living those scenes. Um, the situation with her mom and her mom being a drunk and all of this stuff. Um, her brother going off to war, like, her and the loneliness that Iris is feeling, like, there's all of these conveyed emotions where it's like, you know, Don and I have had multiple situations with some of the books that we've read this past year, where it's like, we just don't feel like we can connect to the characters' emotions, we don't, like, we feel like we're just, they're just saying it, they're not actually writing it to us, and Ross is a really beautiful job of writing a very eloquent piece that yeah. just kind of captures you and you you just want to know more you want to keep staying in that yeah um I, I think we've been doing this so long that we kind of pick up on the same stuff and so when yeah. you're talking about how um I like how well it's written and how quoting and stuff so the one quote that I picked out which got me was this is from Iris and she says I'm not afraid to be alone but I'm tired of being the one left behind oh my god oh. I just freaking sobbed just oh. Oh my god. this poor girl uh. okay I have another one I'll give you okay. one okay that, that was beautiful um this one is uh, sometimes strength isn't swords and steel and fire as we are so often made to believe. Sometimes it's found in quiet, gentle places. And I'm just like so beautiful. She's a beautiful writer. She really is. My heart and just like there was another part where Iris is talking to Roman about you know how like we have to put on armor for certain people and sometimes when we get wounded we give them a piece of our armor because we're trying to and I'm just like what the heck is going on like this is so beautiful so beautiful yeah speaking of the world so we were kind of talking about this in in the nitpick section so I liked her world building and one thing I can count on with Rebecca Ross is she is very creative with her worlds you will always count on reading something totally different I've never read a world like this 
where it seems like we're in the early 20th century, but at the same time, there's a magical typewriter and they go into a store and it's like the Amazon store where it just kind of calculates your money for you, what you have in your pocket. I'm like, that's cool. And then we have the guy, like, like her world that she creates is great. I just wanted more of it. That's all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. Just, just a little bit more. A little bit. Just a little more. Um, this whole idea of the fact that she like chose the form of communication between like our two main characters through um, letters is beautiful because like our world has become so digitized, right? So lack of emotions. So, um, you know, we have short acronyms for a lot of things and just we want things now and whatever. And the fact that she's showing, you know, that's what they used to have to do. Like, you didn't have texting. You didn't have phone. Like, you're writing out your thoughts and your feelings and, like, conveying them onto the page. And I'm just like, oh, it's just beautiful. Um and that just goes along with, like, I love the idea of these magical typewriters and the history behind the typewriters, which mm -hmm. we can talk about in the spoiler section. Yeah. But how unique is that? Like, really? We're going to send a message to the wardrobe and just, but we didn't know we were sending a message and then someone writes back. It's like, this is it who you think it is? What the heck? I'm here for it. Yeah. This is so good. So good. Um... Once again, kind of going along with all of this, this book could have very much been one of those books where I'm like, there's too much going on here. Because we have the magical typewriters, we have the war with the gods, we have these two people who are trying to be um, the head, like, uh, whatever, the head writer or whatever. So there's a romance here. Um, now we're going to the front and there's a war, an actual war. Like, her brother's missing. Like, there is so much going on in this book. But it never felt like it was too much. And this book is not really long, either. It never felt like she needed to take something out. Because sometimes when that happens in books, I always feel like when an author does too much, they don't focus... They don't, they're not able to give everything equal focus. And yes, this is 80-20, heavy on romance, but that's intentional. Um, but everything else, she was able to give equal focus. We had a, a lot of time with the typewriter, a, not enough time with the gods. We have all said this before. I've said this several times. But everything else, I just never felt like she was doing too much, even though she kind of was. She had a lot of, like, moving parts, but I think they were all intentional moving parts, And but it wasn't to where, you know... I got too much of like one of these side characters, you yeah. know, we didn't go on a dive tribe about Addie or something like that. Cause that very well could have happened mm -hmm. very well could have happened because there's not a lot of characters within this book. So she could have totally done that. And it had been like, okay, that's a snooze fest. Yeah. I'm not here for that. I know I don't care. Like I'm not invested in them. Um, in all of that. So definitely agree with you. Um, something that was interesting is that, like, I, I loved, but I also didn't like, because we've already talked about it, but I loved the fact that, like, the civilization, that the world that they live in, they have no idea what the gods' problems are, which I find interesting. Like, it's not 
a known thing. They just know that they have been at war with each other. And you're like, but for how long? How did that, how do they take what, but, but why? But it, it was consistent throughout the whole entire books. I applaud that because at least like we weren't just given information and then it was just left there. It was a consistent, like we're missing these pieces. So I hope and I pray that the next book we get all of that. I think um, so. And something that I find it's a duology, so I think so. Yeah. Um, is that like Drake is the god of healing? Like he's got healing empathetic powers. But the way that he's being conveyed is this brutish, conceited type of god that wants things and he gets things his way. So it's like I'm like, what type of god is he though? Like what? Yeah. Because that ending shows us something totally different. You know, where it's like, huh, but why would you what? I feel like we were told that you were terrible. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just pissed. <laughs> we'll talk about that because I did not get that impression. We'll talk about that in the spoiler edition. Well, okay. Is there anything else that you like that we have? Um, just like I liked all the characters. They were they weren't like new voices or anything, but I mean the characters were all pretty good. Um, I did like the ending. Like, I, the last 10%. It was the 70 to the 90% that was too much. But yeah. the last 10% was good. Enough for me to want to read book two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I don't have any more likes. I'm there too. Well, um, that concludes our spoil, uh, spoiler-free edition. Again, if you do not want to hear us spoil it, we're going to count you out. But our next book that we're going to read is A Broken Blade by Melissa Blair. It has also been a TikTok hyped sensation. And that's what our theme is apparently this year. <laughs> Going off and on is like, yeah. what's hyping up? Have we read it? Have we not? Um, so we are going to spoil in five, four, three, two, one. All right. Where do you want to start with our spoiling, Don? Okay, well, let's talk about Dacker and, uh, is it Enya or Enva? I don't know her name. Enva. It's not Enya. Enya is the new <laughs> Enva. Enva. Okay, yes. so you were saying that you think Dacker is sympathetic towards the end? I didn't get that. He chooses to heal um roman yeah but he says hmm i've never had a war correspondent before i feel like he's going to use him to make him write him in a better light in the newspaper that's how i got it maybe i mean i got it as more of like he saw compassion on him and i think because of the fact that he was literally moments from death and he is still fighting for something i think that that intrigued dacker okay. to be like oh maybe interesting wh why are you fighting but yet i think he hides it after with the fact that i've never had a war correspondent before but i think i want to see if i can find it because i read it that way and i'm like i wonder if i can see that uh, 
Um, let's see. It's like the last sentence. <laughs> it's the last page. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, it's right here. He goes. Um, he's talking to his other, you know, Val. Rample. Yeah, that was a new word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, so be it, you know. Um, and then he looks over. This one is what he is what uh Dacker Dacker <laughs> Dacker says he goes, What of this one, my lord? Dacker was quiet, watching the man crawl. What was he seeking? Why didn't he just lay down and die? His soul was so anguished nearly rent in half and it made Dacker wince but he could heal those wounds he was a merciful god after all the god of healing and this mortal once mended would do very well in his army because Dacker suddenly realized with delight he was no soldier but a correspondent so I understand where it could be more beneficial for him to be like, oh, he's a correspondent, so he can write me in a more beautiful standard. But that first moment, though, where I'm like, it gave him pause, makes me have sympathy for him, makes me care about him, because I'm like, huh, maybe you're not just like a brutish god just seeking to devour, because it literally makes him winced it made him like why is he still fighting for something he doesn't have so okay so clear something up for me once again i read this in february uh-huh okay so he is doing uh, dacker he's doing and the reason why i know his name is dacker is because the guy from stranger things uh billy uh-huh. his name is dacker his name is dacker um okay he's doing all of this to get the attention of enva right and Enva has not shown herself. She's just singing to draft people and to, to fight him, right? And do we know their relationship? Do we think that maybe he's in love with her? And she tur- did we know that, did she turn him down? I can't remember their story. She put his whole entire, like, kingdom to sleep. Because she he basically took her against her will and, ba- and held humanity's lifeline in her hands. And he's like, if you don't come with me, I will kill them all. So she ends up coming with him. And she's playing for him. She's doing all his stuff. And she ends up singing a lullaby that puts them to sleep for three days. Okay. That's right. And then she progresses and put, and she even says, like, oh, I will have to sing it longer to prolong their sleep. So she's like, in my opinion... She's punishing him in the most creative way that she possibly can because her voice is so uh, transcendent that she's going to just, you know, she could put him to sleep forever. So it's like if she has enough people to sing with her, I wonder if she could do that, if she has enough people on her army because they told them that they can't sing. Okay, so that kind of gave me a new theory. Okay. 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 I want to hear it. All right. So I think that because we were introduced to the Littles. Um, so this is the family that Roman's parents want him to marry into. Mm. I think this is pretty obvious, but I think that the Littles are supplying 
Dacker with this mist, this green stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're totally doing that. And the fiancé used to play music. So I'm wondering if she is, like, being forced to create, because she works in the lab now, and she's forced to create this green. But if she's a musician, is she, does she worship Enva? And not a Decker sympathizer? Like, is she going to do, like, a 360? I don't think she is a, a Decker sympathizer because of the fact of, like, her date with Roman and how she was like, we're just both doing what we're being told right now. Yeah. It's not you. I think she's putting on a front 110%, and she's hiding it. I liked her. She was interesting. Yes. And I'm hoping we get more of her in the mix mm-hmm. yeah but I also want to know like why like Forrest Forrest apparently has been, has been able to break away from Dacker okay so like Forrest was fighting for Enva he was brutally injured and it even says like that his wounds were wounds that he should have died from like in the book and it talks about that, like, he makes a deal with Dacker that he, it, but it's not entirely clear what the deal is, like, that, and then he can step away. So I want to know what that deal was, and if maybe um, he's, like, backhandedly trying to undermine Dacker for Enva because he was eager eager to join Enva's army to fight against Dacker well I mean yeah but I mean Enva's also a siren so I don't know if people have much of a choice they're just well I guess they do because some people can choose to go to war and some people don't have to Um, he got though, so it's like I don't know I thought what the deal was yeah he able to break away because he kept saying it cost him a lot to just get her out that it costs him so does that mean that he's living on like borrowed time like is that da- is dacker able to heal for a long term as long as you're a part of his army yeah that's why i said the last 10 percent was good because forrest was acting very strange he was hey. literally strangling her to get her away from uh-huh. Roman. Why? If he's yeah. not working with Dagger. Why? What? What? Why? What was all that for? And then he says, well, I'm, you know, he healed me. And once you, once he heals you, you're an underling now. You're part of his, his underground army. So like you said, does he have some sort of magic or something? Maybe And Anva is like trying to wheel him off of Dacker like I don't but I just found it odd that he was strangling her to get her away from him and then he let her go back to basically see him not there anymore to break her like fixation on Roman it was odd his behavior was odd yes and I didn't like it it made me like not trust him because the forest that we had at the beginning of the book is like super loving brother cares so much about her even as she's like writing the letters about like their memories together like oh you wouldn't have let this happen you know and all of that and he is 
polar opposite Boris, which is why, like, I don't know if he's fully healed or if something is, like, over him that's making him almost have, like, a split personality with who he's warring against inside and who he's being outside. Yeah. At one point in the book, he did say, I've seen so much bad stuff. He didn't say what that was. But mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was when he was fighting for our Enva or for Decker. I don't know what he saw. I don't know. And it changed it. It obviously changed him. But, like, maybe it was a metaphor with, like, how war changes you. Like, once yeah. you do go to war, you are no longer who you were when you went into war. Yeah. So, I mean, we could very well just be pulling at straws that aren't even there. It could very well just be because he went to war that now he has such a different outlook on life um because he kept saying over and over he's like i just had to get back to you and to mom and she's like mom's dead <laughs> like she killed herself hello like she's gone um yeah i don't i don't think it's i think i think the ptsd <laughs> has something to do with some of his behavior but him like tracking her down stealing that man's jumpsuit he had stealing their dash packs and finding her out of nowhere. Like, no, no. She's important to the story with Dacker for some reason. And Forrest is up to some shenanigans. I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I trust him either. I don't know if he's trying to, like, win the admiration of the gods or what it is. Like, again, we don't have a lot of that backstory. We don't know what civilization what man is to those gods other than they can be enlisted in war um let's talk about these typewriters so obviously like there's three right there was three that were crafted for this wealthy woman who had to literally be like locked up because her dad didn't want her to go anywhere she was sick too and so her best friends each got a typewriter which is how Roman Kit and Iris are now connected because their grandmothers were best friends with this woman. What are your thoughts on how the last bit of it goes where Iris is now sending mental messages to Roman? Like she's sending mental letters to him. Do you think that it's something that she thinks that because of their bond and like how they've been together with writing letters, do you think that that's, do you think that she is projecting something like projecting a power that isn't there or is she projecting through like, like she just has a feeling from it. Is she a descendant somehow, some way in some category with their power i don't know okay so for the longest time i'm like why haven't we seen enva and for the longest time i thought maybe she was keegan i don't know why i don't know why but the way yeah the bay was was her name mira huh yeah yeah just the way mira was talking about this woman and how big she was and strong she was and la di da and i'm like is she enva and but then she but then she like manifested and she just seemed like a normal woman. So maybe um, Iris is a descendant of Enva and maybe that's why Dacker wants her so badly. 
because he sent Forrest to get her. There's just no way that he could have found her and dragged her away from him and tried to get her back home. And uh, 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 something is up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I also, like, the third typewriter is currently in a museum. Is it really in the museum? Is it? They had to give them up. Like, literally, the grandma talks about how they were instructed to bring their typewriters to this museum. And she's like, oh, oh no, no. You're not taking my stuff. Like, I'm not doing that. So I want to know, like, what's going on with the typewriters? Is it something that we should pay attention to? Oh, for sure. Like, where did their magic come from? Like, desperate, like, is it just the desperation of these friends needing to stay connected? What God does that come from? Is it a God? Like, did Enva bless it? Were they initially singing together and, like, she used them to write songs? I don't know. Like, it's got to be connected to her somehow just because we haven't seen her at all in the story. Yeah. 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 Um, I really want to know about that. I also, like, I wish that uh, Iris would have fought harder to go after Roman. It was very weird how like she fought and then she stepped back but then she fought and then she stepped back i'm like if that was my husband over there dying in gas like would i leave him there no so it's it's just odd to me how like no like it was almost as if she was afraid of forest and she was kind of like complying to maybe come up with an escape plan. It was like she was trying to like placate him so that he would stop strangling her. And then, but then she was just writing stories in her head or letters to her in her head or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe she was torn because, you know, that was her only family. She finally got Forrest back. But then she's losing her new family. I don't don't know. Maybe she was just conflicted. But now Addie's dead. And the the two women, Keegan and who was the other one? Mira. Mira. Like, they're all gone, according to, um, you know, them going and checking the field. They were all there. Oh, Marisol. 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 There's one quote they- in the story which I thought was really funny, and it's it, not funny, I, ironic. Uh, at the end, it's when um, Forrest is taking her, taking Iris, and he says, "This, this ain't one of these little fairy tale stories you write. This, this isn't a, one of those little books you read or whatever. This is, this is real life. This doesn't have a happy ending." I can't remember the exact quote, but I was like. Is she is Rebecca Ross trying to tell the reader that not everybody's gonna make it because this is war. This is not some happy ending story that you're reading. Like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. It's right towards the end. I'm trying to find it. 
but I did look, I did see the quote where he's like, I'm sorry, little flower. I'm sorry I couldn't save him as I saved you, but I need you to understand it took every fiber within me to desert, to defy um, Dacker's command. It took everything within me to run to safety with you. And then he says that it wasn't his choice to fight. Um, And then he says something about the locket. That he found the locket that was their mom's. Yeah. He was like walking and he just saw this gold thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if not for the locket, I don't think I could have done it. I don't know. I... I don't know what any of that means. He must have seen some things in the underworld. I wonder if Decker takes them to the underworld and then he saw some stuff and he was like, nope, not for me. And then he found the will, maybe the locket propelled him out of whatever trance that Decker has them in. I don't know. Oh, right here. It says, this is War Iris. This isn't a game. This isn't a novel with a happy ending. I saved you because you are all I care about, and you were all I can manage. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. Very. He was like, (laughs) and again, in the last chapter, it just, you keep seeing Forrest being paranoid. He can't sleep. He's, like, freaking out about sounds and all of that stuff. So it just makes me, like, what is, what's going on? Yeah. He says... And this is after the whole locket part. He goes, I made it my mission to find you, Forrest continued in a hushed tone. It was surprisingly easy. After I deserted, I fled to, to Avalon Bluff and I caught wind of correspondence. Like, he didn't just happen upon them. He, yeah. I think Enva helped him find her. Oh, 100%, because he made it seem like he literally knew where she was the whole time. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, how do you stop? How do you tell your sister one thing, and then this whole entire time you haven't said any boo to her in any of the months? So, and and when she told Keegan her name, she like blanched, and she just yeah. happened to have this letter on her. Come on. Those are not all coincidences. Mm-hmm. I do think too. So, like, I don't. I, I'm sure you caught up on, um, caught this as well. But it was like the packs were missing, and they're like, someone was in the house. Yeah. Like all stupid. So, hello, someone has walked through the guarded area of this home. Walked in with muddy footprints. No one's gonna say anything. We're just gonna. We're just gonna be. And Iris is the one that saw it. She's like, oh, that's weird. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's all I have. I did, like, like, the ending was so good, though, because it made me question, like I said, um, Dacker's, um, how would you, benevolence, if you will, like, his... (laughs) Just his heart and his character. It made me question that. I don't want to know what the heck has crawled up Forrest's butt because it's not the Forrest that I thought it was. 
and who was protecting um you know roman as he's dying like why did it take so long for him to die everyone else is gone i think it was just because he loved her i think that was just love he loved her so much he was trying to hold on that maybe she would find him and i think that's what dacker saw was love and then that's why maybe he was like huh this is something different i don't know what this is let's take him (laughs) and he's a war correspondent bonus odd I've never seen this before. Yeah. In its purest, rarest form. Because <laughs> he was glowing, wasn't he? He had like a blue something around him. <sighs> I don't know. I could be pulling straws right now, but alas, I was I was fairly, fairly pleased with this book. Yeah. Fairly Um... Yeah, pleased enough that I will read book two. Very rarely do I read book two. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. It comes out soon, too. So yeah, very it does. exciting. Maybe we can read it before the end of the year. Yeah. I'm trying to get my hands on an arc. I'll see if I can. We'll see. Because we're here for it. Yeah. We're here for it. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us in our book talk today. We, again, are going to be reading A Broken Blade by Melissa Blair for our next book. And as always, if you have any book recommendations, please let us know. So in that way, we can read what you guys want to hear about. And it won't be Iron Flame, so don't even think about it. Non is I'm not a very fan. Stop coughing! <laughs> Bye-bye.